we have the very special privilege of having mom and dad Mirabella here. We, we know so many of them anymore that uh, we are very grateful all the way from, well, Florida recently, but Tanzania before that, and I'm going to let them tell you all about what they're doing there. We've been for the last couple of days just hearing story after story, and wow, such, such a good time. Someone asked me, uh, Big Tim called me today, and he says, well, uh, did you have services last night? I said, no. I said, no, we were selfish and just kept them all to ourselves. <laughs> and um, then I said, no, actually, we weren't selfish um, because that was what the Lord had us do. But we had such a good time. They're like a breath of fresh air to our lives as your pastor. And so that's very valuable to us. So why don't the two of you come? And don't forget to uh, update us on Javin. Thank you, Pastor. Yes, well, I think we pretty much had a formal um, introduction. Pastor, thank you so much for that. You guys know we are the Mirabellas. But as Pastor said, we just came up from Florida. We felt a release to say come because we know our son is in the Lord's hands. And we know victory is here. And Javin, even though he's going through quite a bit, it's a life-changing experience. But, you know, even though he's going through this situation, it doesn't stop him. He still is using this experience like we all should to learn from and to grow from because we know Christ is in it. He's in us. You know, and I like what Javin said. He said, Dad, he can't kick me down because even while I'm in the hospital, I kick the devil in his teeth. <laughs> He'll know next time not to mess with me, he says. So, <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But Javin, doctors don't know what it is. He has no feeling in his hands, in his feet, uh, in his mid-torso, in his thorax. Um, but he's still able to maneuver around. He has motor skills, but no feeling. But yet, yet. Yet, um, but he's doing great, and we look forward to hearing. By the time he comes here in April, of course, we'll be back in Africa, and that's where Don and I have been for the last 30 years, serving full time by the grace of God and His mercy. Um, yeah, God is just doing incredible stuff there. We see the the blind see. The deaf hear, the lame walk. God is doing miracles upon miracles and miracles. I have to say, too, that um, Don and I were going on this July, 45 years of marriage. Amen. Amen. And I tell you, we still feel as young as ever. You know, it's really the Lord's provision in our lives. And he's still telling us to carry on. We love seeing what God does through us. As long as you yield yourself to Him. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Donna, did you want to say something? Yeah. So um, we're just privileged to um, be in Tanzania. The Lord called us out there, um, like Steve said, um, 30 years ago. And we went over with our family at first. Um, we have four children, and they're all married and to believers, and 14 grandchildren who all love and serve in the Lord 
and that is the Lord, because where we are the first generation of Christian uh, in our family. So we just thank God for what he has done. So you just hold tight and believe him because his word is true. And you commit your children to the Lord and God, God raises them. He takes care of them. They're his. He loves them more than us. You know, amen. So um, God has sent us to Tanzania to the unreached, least reached people. Um, tribes that are hidden away in the mountains, um, they're hidden because they don't want to be part of any society. They want to keep their tribal beliefs and, and everything, so they're just hidden away. And we kind of have a little motto that says, where the road ends is where our ministry begins. Because in Tanzania, the road, uh, along the road, you'll find church. The gospel is reached along the road. But there's so many mountains and hidden places tucked away. So we go as far as the truck will take us, and then we put backpacks on and, and hike and sleep in tents and bathe in rivers and follow footpaths to villages, and God shows up. And, um, you know, uh, what he's given us to say to the hidden tribes, and until he changes it, it's what we say. So when we come to a tribe, you kind of stop. It's, you know, and usually the first person we meet is the witch doctor. And, um, and then we wait for the king or the chief of the village to come, and we wait there, and the crowd slowly is gathering. And you have to be invited into villages. So it's their protocol. And, but how many of us know the earth is the Lord's? Yeah. And all who dwell in. Amen? So... Um, we stand there and wait, and when the king comes, you know it's him, because uh, in, in the Tongwe tribe anyway, and everybody goes down on one knee, and they slowly clap to him. And the Lord has told us to say that um, the God of heaven sent us. He knows you're here, and he loves you. And he is telling and inviting the whole world to know him, and he doesn't want to leave you out. So can we stay and tell you about him? And up to now, the Lord has opened every village that he sent us to. And, I mean, we can keep running and, like, going village to village, and, you know, you, you share the gospel, and people get saved, and you can move on. But that's not discipleship. It's not discipleship. So um, we just keep returning and returning until there's this healthy remnant standing that God is sending now out. So we just thank God for our different villages and everything. So that's just a glimpse. I have to tell you that we deal with simple people. And my message, every time I preach, it's a simple message. Because it's a simple gospel. Amen? Amen. But the Lord put on my heart to speak today about intimacy because without intimacy or love, they go together. Without that, how do we get our marching orders? To go into the bush, to take people in and out, to share the gospel and get out. It has to do with love and relationship. <clears throat> I can tell you that, let me turn here, intimacy it means being able to share a whole range of thoughts. Feeling, experience, feeling and experiences that humans have. Involving 
being opened, taking thoughts, sharing thoughts and emotions, letting your guard down. How many of us guys are afraid to let our guards down, right? Being vulnerable, open, showing someone how you feel, and sharing your hopes and dreams. Amen? Now, I can tell you what intimacy is not. Intimacy is being removed, distant, aloof, detached, disinterested, indifferent, or unconcerned. But that's not how our God is. He wants to know every bit about us, which he does, but he wants us far more to know him. Amen? Matthew 23, verse 27, please. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. With all your soul, to be intimate with him. In our walk with Jesus, we should constantly be asking God to show us his way. His way, not our own. And to be inspired or be an inspiration to those around us. Amen? And let them not see me, but let them see Jesus. Every time we go into the bush, it's, Lord, let it be you and not us. Exodus 33, please. 33, 9 through 11. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Because Joshua wanted that intimacy with the Lord. He wanted that love those directions that God has for each one of us as a servant to him, to know where we're supposed to be in him. Amen? As Christians, we need to have a deeper relationship with our Father, a deeper desire to go after him. Psalms 91, 1 through 2. And he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you're going to abide under a shadow, that means you've got to be close to the Father. Amen? I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him 
I shall trust. Just a few weeks ago, Donna and I had a chance to share in a Christian school and showed some pictures to them. And I remember after doing our little demonstration with them, and they're all excited and want to go on mission trips now. And a little guy, 11 years old, comes up to me. He goes, excuse me, sir. Are you afraid to go into the bush? And I said, son, if you have God, Jesus in you, and God says, fear not. He says, he takes away, I said to him, I, he takes away all my fears. I said, if I was living in the world and not a Christian, I would be really afraid. But I know what God's called us to do. So I walk knowing that he is taking care of us. And I said, did that answer your question? Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 30, 21, please. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whatever you, whenever you turn to the right or to the left, that voice will be there. Amen. Jeremiah 21, 11, 14, 11 through 14. For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans of peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He does. He gives us that hope. We know his future as long as we're in him and we have his marching orders. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice. And this is in the amplified version. And I will listen to you. Then, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as vital necessity. It is vital that we know his voice, his marching orders for each one of us. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and I will free you and gather you from the all nations and from all places when I have driven you, where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I have sent you. Donna, would you come up? And by the way, Donna and I always tag teams whenever we share at church. We share our experiences with the congregation because that's where we're the strongest. We worked together. I've known Donna since I was 14. She was 13. We were high school sweethearts, and we've been together ever since. And I remember telling her father when I was 14 years old that I was going to marry his daughter. And he, right. <laughs> so you know when you have a good thing, right, you hold on to it. Amen. So. Amen. Okay, so I just want to share a little testimony about um, In the Bush um, and just supporting the scriptures Steve just gave about hearing a voice behind, uh, a word behind you telling you which way to go. <clears throat> and in the secret place, as we're in that secret place, knowing the Father, knowing his presence, listening for him, you know, worshiping him, because he, he's worthy of it all. He's worth it all. There isn't anything else. There's nothing else. 
It's all about him, and it's all for him. And these stories, any of the stories you hear, they're not, I'm, I'm privileged to be part of them, but they're his stories. They're all his. And I'm just so blessed to be able to share what he has done. Amen? So we were in the bush, and we were like three mountains over, and um, we're going to be there for about three days. And we got there. I mean, it took everything you had to get there. And we set up the Jesus film. We set up our tents, and we showed um, the Jesus film. This is an area that's never seen foreigners ever before. And so as we actually were going up the mountain, a lady was coming down, and there was this tiny little creek, her and a, a friend, I guess, and they were carrying clothes on their head. They were coming to wash. And when they saw us, they screamed, threw the stuff, turned around, and ran away. So as we got up there, it was, it was you know, it was an intense place. They, the Lord really opened the door. So we showed the Jesus film. The next morning, we walked through, and we shared the gospel hut to hut. Um, we showed the Jesus film the second night. Usually we show it three nights in a row because no one's ever seen a film. So they're kind of looking at it, but they're not looking at the story. You know, they're not listening to that. They're just mesmerized by what is this. So, um, so the second night we, sh we also showed the film. And then in the morning when we woke up, the, what we didn't know, there were some healings here and there, but what we didn't realize is how much the Lord has touched the people and how far he sent his word as we got up, as we arrived up there. So now when we woke up in the morning, there, were, there was a crowd of people that were waiting for us to come out of our tents. And so it was like immediate ministry. They were coming from all the surrounding mountains. And we started out just ministering. And um, there was this you know, my daughter, my daughter-in-law and I, we had a line of the ladies and the guys, everybody separated on the team. And as we're praying for the women, there was these two ladies that came up. And we prayed over them. They had malaria. And you, as we prayed, you can feel the fever break right under your hand. They went from burning hot to cold. to normal temperature, right? Amen. 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 And, you know, the line was long, so they got up to move on, and I heard the Lord say, no, I'm not done with her. Okay, so that's the word behind, for me, that was the word of the Lord. So I said, oh, wait, wait, come back, come back. And she said, the two of them came back, and they sat down. And I just started to pray and ask the Lord, what is it, you know? And he said, pray for a heart. So I started to pray for a heart. And she just kind of looked very standoff. She was like pushing away, pulling away from me while I was praying. And I said, you know, what happened? Did something happen? And she says, no. But everyone, all the other women were going like this. Yeah, something totally has happened. And so, you know, we all don't want to share our personal stuff. But I continued to pray that God would heal her heart, whatever it was, that God would heal that. And, and then... Um, I noticed while I was praying for her, she had a necklace on, and it was a string. It was a black string, and she was holding it and twisting it, and just like while I was praying. And, um, and then I asked her, I said, you know, I said, your heart is broken. Why is your heart broken? And she started to cry, and people got quiet, and then she started to share. And she shared how she lost her joy. Now, this lady received Christ um, the night before at the Jesus film. 
So there was light in her face, but there was such brokenness. So as you know, she, she said, my joy was stolen. My joy, um, she said, my daughter was my joy. She said, um, she was 19 years old. She said, her and I had so much fun. We would work the fields. Everything we did, we did together. I love my daughter so much. And then one night, her husband, who was um, drunk, came in. And it was a horrible altercation. And she died, brutally, brutally, in front of her, in front of her eyes. And she just sat there, and she stiffened up hard and twist in this necklace. And she goes, and my joy was taken. And I was just asking the Lord, ah, for wisdom, like God, you know, how do you minister to that? You know, what she's seen, that broken, but, but God knows, you know? So as she's twisting the necklace, I heard the Lord say, um, I trade. I trade beauty for ashes. I trade the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness so that we would be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, so he will be glorified. And so I'm hearing that scripture, and she's playing with the necklace. And I just said, you know, I said, you've come to know Christ over the weekend. I said, and he wants to, I said, tell me, would your daughter want you to remember, out of all those years together of joy and love and laughter, would your daughter really want you to remember that one moment? That one moment, horrible, horrific moment, or would she want you to remember her life, her beautiful life? Yes, she would want to remember her life. And I said, I said, God trades. He wants to trade. He wants to trade this morning, the oil of joy for morning. He wants to give you the oil of joy for morning. And the, you need to put on the garment of praise, put it on in trade for the spirit of heaviness. So um, we prayed. And then I had a necklace on, and I took one off, and I said, would you trade me your necklace, that necklace of mourning, and I want to give you a necklace that just would remember the moment God touched you, you know? And she didn't even hesitate. She broke the thing off of her, and she grabbed this necklace, threw it on, and she got filled with joy. She stood up, and she started dancing, and all the women started dancing, and yeah, the Lord just met this woman. It was beautiful. So the Lord is faithful. We'll hear the word behind us, you know, and he wants to glorify his name. You know, if we just learn to listen or, or respond when we do hear. Amen. Amen. Joshua stayed in the tent of meeting. He wanted that relationship with the Lord. King David had a heart after God. Abraham was God's friend. <clears throat> Each of us have a calling in our lives. Having a relationship with him reveals what God is calling us to do. Amen? And also reveals his promise to us by having that relationship. Israel leaving Egypt, going into the promised land, was going into Canaan. He sent out the spies, 12 spies. Two came back with a good report, the other ten with a bad report. Israel actually turned their backs on God and walked away from the promised land. How many times do we see ourselves doing that? Walking away from God's promise to us. Not only as Christians, 
I see a lot of Christians today, when they come against trials and tribulations, they see the trial, and whoa, I ain't dealing with that. They walk away. But yet, what we're taught to do, having that intimacy with Christ, is knowing that God will take care of every situation that comes our way. So what do we do? We go into it. We walk into it knowing God is going to do something. Not us. God does it. Every time we go into a village, we pray for the people. The miracles don't happen while we're there 90% of the time. The miracles happen when we leave so that he gets the glory. Amen? Not us, but him. A lot of times we can talk ourselves out of God's promise. <clears throat> and the promise he has for us. And sometimes we can even talk ourselves out of hearing his voice. Donna calls that stinking thinking. And we all have it. You know, God speaks to us and we, we doubt it. We have our human nature says, oh, that wasn't God. Or he's telling you to go over and talk to that person and speak to him about Jesus. No, that, I, I can never do that. No. We talk ourselves out of it. And that's stinking thinking. Donna? Again, we were in a, we were going to a village. <clears throat> and uh, we went in and we shared the gospel and a bunch of people came to know Christ and received him. And we were there for a little bit. We left. And we came back two weeks later and a man was there. And he goes, when you were here last time, he said, I received Jesus as my savior. And he goes, and I went home to my mountain and he said, and I stood on my mountain and I was worshiping my God. He's my God. He goes, and I was calling out to him and goes, and now we're five. And he goes, I saw you reading from a book. He goes, I know how to read. A lot of people, most people out there don't. So he goes, I know how to read. Can I have one of those books? Because I want to go read up on the mountain to up my village. So we gave him a Bible and we said, we want to come, you know. So um, we were there a couple of more days and he ran back. And um, while we were there, we started getting messages from the witch doctor. If you come up here, we're going to kill you. If you come up here, I'm going to kill you. And so many people, it was about six people came with a message to us. Don't go up there. Yeah. Don't go up there. They're, they're after you. So he said it was one mountain over. And we, we got 50 Bibles and put them. It was 100 altogether. All yeah. Altogether. So we put them on our backs and we were going up. He said it was only one mountain. And we got over the one, and we we're like, there's no village here. He goes, no, no, we're almost at that mountain. See that one? We went over that one. And now we're like really like, it was, it was a lot. And then he goes, we're, we went over that one. And Steve goes, watch him say the next one. And the next one was so big. And he did. He, he was like, <laughs> he did. He was like, just that one, you know. So we showed up, and the witch doctor didn't. And many people got saved. The Lord showed up right so many got saved there it was amazing and we came back now uh, a bunch of things different villages open we'd like going back right away and for whatever reason that did not happen with this village it was called uh, Mpungu Solo 
So now we had some guests come, and that village is like always in our heart, always in our mind. Like we got to get to Mpunga Solo. So um, we said we're going to set a trip. We're going up, and uh, but we couldn't remember the road we took because we followed that guy. So we had um, one of our Tongue men. Um, we were like, do you know where Mpungu Solo is? And he goes, oh yeah, my uncle lives up there. And we were like, what? And he goes, come on, I'll take you. So he takes us. And we're hiking, we, everybody's got backpacks and we're gonna stay up there. We got our food, we got everything that you would need for a couple of days up in the mountain. And we get to this certain, over a couple of the, two of the mountains and this last one where I know we went this way, he took us that way. And I'm thinking, this is different, you know? And we get there, <clears throat> and we, it, we get there, it was like evening, five o'clock, I mean, it took the whole day, and you are tired, you're exhausted. We were exhausted, and we sat under a mango tree at his uncle's house, and his uncle comes out, and he sits down with us. And Musa says, um, you know mama and baba, you know mom and dad. And he goes, yes, I know mom and dad. And he goes, yeah, they were over in Tusi Banane like two years ago. And he goes, yes, I remember. And I'm thinking, I never met him. We never met this guy, you know, and we were never here. And he goes, can they stay here? And um, they want to share in the village and everything. Can they stay here with you? And uh, would you show them around the village? And the guy shook his head, no. And he goes, yes, they could stay here. And I'm sitting there, at first I'm thinking, is it cultural? I, don't, I, I didn't remember anybody doing, acting like that. And then it hit me. That was the witch doctor. Who threatened to kill us. That was the witch doctor. So God brought us to the witch doctor's house to set up our tents. And honestly. The Lord has a sense of humor, right? <laughs> I would never choose to stay there. Like you sat there for, I sat there for a minute going, really, Lord? Like. Like, how did this, I, I know if he gave us a choice, we would have said no. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I would have been really scared. But here we were. And that night at this man's house, he had people coming and they'd secretly go aside and he's doing his thing. And then that morning, he had to walk us through his village and the Holy Spirit, God just swept through that village. There were so many miracles that happened. It was just amazing what God did in that village. And he watched. He watched all day long. He watched his, and he was the chief of the village too. Yes. So he watched what God just did. God visited, God came down on his village. Yeah. That night, the line for prayer, people would come into his house for our team for, to pray and God just ministered and ministered. And the next night, the Lord ministered and ministered. His ways are higher than ours, okay? We're not gonna outthink God. Right? He, his plan is perfect. And we, I know I get in the way. I get in the way. So, like, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. Like, don't overthink it. If you feel like God's saying something, it's the same thing with our kids. You say something and you want them to hear you. And you don't want them to stand there and decide if they should listen to you or not. You know what I mean? But as adults, we do that with the Lord. And we really don't have you know, ground for that. If he's really king and Lord, may we bow, may we give him our yes forever. But it's just the lessons that, life lessons, right? Amen? So glory to God. Let our thinking be under, don't outweigh the voice of God. He's perfect in all his ways. Amen?
And when you do that, it leaves the door open for miracles to happen. And even during that evening, as we had dinner for our team that was there, the line that was outside was saying, Lord, how can we feed them? And really, really what happened was we had our first instance of loaves and fishes. It was like every time we took a scoop, it was like nothing was drawn from that another scoop and we were able to feed the line of people that were out there but God but God being obedient is is just incredible because when you're obedient that's when you see it happen being disobedient or rebellion if you look in first Samuel 1523 it's considered witchcraft like Saul didn't listen to what God wanted him to do. The majority of Christians are in that position today. They are in the desert walking aimlessly and just ahead of them is the promised land with all the blessings and glory that God has waiting for them. A lot of times they see it but they can't quite understand it or reach it or they don't obey. God sent out the spies into Canaan, and he wanted the Israelites to know what they were about to face. He didn't want them to be surprised by what they were... He didn't want them to be surprised by the things they didn't consider. When we are planning our trips into the bush, we know each other in an intimate way because Donna could make a face across the field and I could tell you what she's saying and that's how it should be with our father in an intimate loving way how many times have we disciplined our child from across the room without even saying a word <laughs> and he knows what you're saying right it's the same for God. <clears throat> John 14, 29. And now I have told you before I, it came to pass that when it comes to pass, you might believe. Donna Rubalizi. Okay, so um, we were in the middle of an adoption. And uh, we were at the final end of this, right? This is just, I'm going, I, I can say something today, but I just, this is just a fun God story. So um, the um, judge, he goes, you know, they pushed it on for three years. It was really long. They did everything to kind of try and stop the adoption from happening. And now the judge, this was a Tuesday, and he said, um, we'll have another um, court hearing on Monday, and we want you to go to the police station and get your fingerprints, and we want the fingerprints all stamped in Dar Salaam, across the whole country, yeah. biometrics, across the country, and have everything back by um, Monday to come into court. And he knew what he was asking was absolutely impossible, totally impossible. And all you have to do is mess up once and it's all over. 
So we were like, Lord, I mean, we needed a miracle. And at the same time, like two days earlier, we got a message from the embassy that said that um, the, to stay away from police stations because they were um, checking foreigners in strange places and stay away. And if you get called in, to call the embassy immediately so that they can make sure you're okay while you're in there. Let, they would let them know that they're, they know you're in there so you'd be treated right. And now we have to go in there. We just got warned from the embassy not to and now we gotta go in. So I, there was just such a sick feeling in my gut. I mean, we both were like, Lord, like, it just was horrible. The feeling was horrific. It was like, I didn't want to go. I really didn't want to go in there. And it's a third world country. So we just went to prayer, went before the Lord, and we were like, Lord, what's the key? And we kind of asked the Lord for the keys for different villages. Like, what is it this time? Because it's never the same. You know, it's, it's not, today is not the same as yesterday. It's not the same old, same old. We've never been in this moment before, even here today. You've never been in the next moment. So when we get in a habit of same old, same old, it disarms us. We're disarmed and we become dull because then you're not attentive to what might happen right now. You know what I mean? Because every minute we've never been before. It's new, it's a new moment. So even, so here we're just saying, God, what's the key? You know, what are the keys? We're going into this place. What's the key? And we just sought him all night and he didn't say anything. Early in the morning when I woke up, I heard, ask his name. That's all I heard, ask his name. So I was like, did you hear anything? We didn't, I said, the only thing I heard, I think, was ask his name. That's what I think I heard the Lord say. Does it mean anything to you? Didn't mean anything to me, no. Okay. Don't ask him his name, Don. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of pushed it aside and we prayerfully went in. And I mean, we, so the lights were out because the power was down. We walked into the back, the, the side door of the building. It was a long building and we're supposed to go to forensic. And I kind of grabbed Steve's arm and we walked through. It was probably a little bit wider than this. And there was office doors. And the only light you saw in this long, how long was that hallway? It was About 50 yards long. It was, it was long. long. And the only light you saw was an occasional door that was open that cast the light. And when you walked in, the smell was horrific. It just smelled of like, it was, it was horrible. And, and there was like a spirit of murder, death. It was so dark. It was so dark. We walked into a pit and we walked in and I just held him when we walked in, but I felt like in the spirit that there was the light of the Lord going as we walked down. We got halfway through and a bunch of police were sitting at a table and they all just started mocking us and you know, um, just all laughing and whatever. And we just kept walking down and we got to forensic. And um, we got there and the guy had his room full of people and he kind of clapped his hands and he's like, um, there's a word, they, anyway, they call us wazungu, strange white things, very comical. But that's what they, so he's like, hey, wazungu, what are you here for? And they're all laughing, baha, because it was a, a joke to call us that. So we just stood there and they cleared the room and we went in. And we sat down and he goes, why are you here? And we just kind of, I said very politely, well, we were just at the court 
and the judge wants our, for our uh, fingerprints done and he wants us, he wants it all to go to Dar Salaam and he wants the police chief over there to stamp everything and then get it back here by Monday so we can be in court. So we're asking if today after we do the fingerprints, can we, maybe someone in your office, go with us to town and either put the, the letter on the plane? And at this point, we just heard that same day or the day before from other missionaries that DHL came to town. It's not there anymore, but it was there at that time. Maybe we can go there and just send it to Dar, and then maybe we can get word to the police chief that maybe he can stamp them really quick and then give them to our driver to get him back to the plane to get it to Kigoma by Sunday. And he laughed and he goes, we're gonna do it like we always do it. We're gonna take your fingerprints and you're going home. And I know that meant the papers were gone. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. So um, that was it. We sat there for five hours just because he he's the that. boss. So we sat and we waited and we were praying and just praying and praying. And then he asked the lady, his secretary to, go do our fingerprints, and it was the old-fashioned way where you dump ink on a board, and you kind of, so we're all covered in ink, and we're sitting there. She went off to do, I guess, the report, and we're sitting there in silence. And anyway, all of a sudden, I hear the Lord say, ask his name. So I was like, okay. So I said, so... And Steve kicks me under the table like, what are you doing? Be quiet. <laughs> because we had this warning from the embassy. So he kicks me on the table and I'm like, oh, Lord. And I'm like, so what's your name? And he goes, we're not friends here. This is forensic. You keep your mouth quiet. He goes, well, nice you do not it. talk to me here. He you do not talk to me here. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, I did it, you know. So I sat there, it was all quiet, very quiet, 10 minutes pass, and then all of a sudden the Lord speaks again, and he goes, um, ask where he lives. Like, and Steve kicks me, and I'm like, so I'm sweating, I'm like, oh Lord. Usually she's doing this to me. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I'm like, so, and he kicks me, I'm like, where do you live? <laughs> He goes, I told you. He put threw his pen down. You don't talk to me in this office. We are not friends. You be quiet. I told you already. Be quiet. It's like, okay, okay, okay. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I'm done. You know, I think I'm done. <laughs> so 10 more minutes pass. So silent. And then all of a sudden, the Lord speaks again. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And he said, ask if they're Christian or Muslim. Ask if he's a Christian or a Muslim. And now I'm really like, ah. Oh. And I'm, I know Steve's gonna be like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I'm like, I waited, and I'm like, okay. So, and then Steve kicks me. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, in my heart, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, so, you a Christian, a Muslim? And he looks up, and he goes, that was the key. That was the key. He looks up and he goes, he said, I'm a Muslim are you a Christian? And I'm like, yeah, and I want to pray for you. We want to, I was like so nervous. He agreed and he goes, 
um, I want to pray. I said, I want to pray for you. And he goes, okay. He goes, let's wait till the girl comes back because she's a Christian and I'm going to tell her you want to pray. And I was like, okay. So Steve and I were like squeezing his hand and we're like, oh. And the girl comes in and he right away stands up and he's like, they're Christians. They want to pray for us. He goes, do you want them to pray? And she goes, yeah. And she sits down and we stood up. And when we stood up, the Holy Spirit fell. And then they stood up behind their desk and him and I went behind the desk, and we prayed. I mean, we prayed. And we were like, oh, God, remind them of why they're doing this job. Like, they made a commitment to truth and justice, I think. It's like, remind them, God, you know, like, please. It's like, Lord, meet them. I mean, we just prayed for their families. We prayed for everything we could think of, probably half nervous and, uh, and yielding. And anyway, and we prayed, and we sat down. And now he's looking through the papers and he's stamping, he's looking through the papers and he goes, oh, he goes, you wanted these papers to go to um, Dar Salaam, right? And we're like, yeah, and he goes, he tells the lady, wherever they want to take these papers, you go with them and escort and you deliver them wherever they want. And then he's stamping and we're like, oh Lord. And he, we're praying and he's stamping and he looks up and he goes, oh, the police chief in Dar, you needed him to stamp this. And we're like, yeah, and he goes, all right, and he gets on the phone. And he goes, calls the police chief. Yeah, I got some people here, and can you, uh, they need this right away. The court needs it Monday. Would you be willing to stamp it and then send it out to their driver, and then they'll take, and the guy says yes. So he hangs up the phone. Can you imagine? Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. He's part in the red Oh, scene. yeah. We're watching it Yes, happen. yes, yes. Anyway, every single thing that we needed right there, the Lord gave us. And we left there with that lady, and we got everything to Dar. The driver picked up the papers. We had everything by Sunday, and we showed up in that court on Monday with everything. Only God. Only our King. Because He loves us so much, and He's so faithful to His Word, and He's so faithful to His children. And, you know, even if God had a different plan, does it change the way you worship? Does it change the way you honor him? You know what I mean? Nothing changes. But he's so faithful and he's so good. I think it was Tozer who said that um, uh, knowledge and, oh, I forgot the other word. No, maybe not, I don't, I don't remember. Something like discretion. Knowledge and earthly wisdom has to bow at the door of the miraculous. We're not going to stand there and try to figure things out or think that something's way too big or impossible. How could this ever work out except the hand of God? So don't let our small thinking block the plan of the Lord because he is so faithful. And whatever it is he's speaking to some of you here or all of you, lock eyes with the king. He's so good. He's so worthy of it all. He's worthy of your utmost. We know that book, utmost for his highest. Give him all because he's so faithful and he's so forced not against us. Amen. 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 God doesn't want us to be surprised by what's before us. <clears throat> there will be many times that we don't understand and that we, and when we don't understand is where our faith kicks in. And how many know without faith it's impossible to please God. Amen? You'll find that in Hebrews 11.6.
Our walk will be filled with trials and battles. We need to understand that the blessings and the battles are what parts of what God has for us. When he sent out the spies, it was majority rules. They walked away from the promise. Israel turned their backs on God. They walked away from God's promise. Many of us as Christians today turn our backs when we see troubles or trials. James 1, 2 through 6. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various troubles, knowing that the testings of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its work, have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like the wave and the sea driven tossed by the winds. For let not the man suppose that he will be received, that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is like a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Even in the land of promise, there will be trials and tribulation. In that we find joy and the glory of God. The reason people today do not experience all that God has for them is they refuse to move forward into God's promised land. Many times we pray for people and, and they say they want to go into the mission field and they're saying, oh, I'm waiting for that green light. I can tell you right now, you already have the green light. God wants you to move and even if you make a mistake in whatever he, you're doing, count it all joy. Because if he didn't ask you to do it and you did it because you thought it was him, he counted as if he told you to do it. Amen? We must depend on God to direct us and to deal with our enemies, both physical and spiritual. Israel had nothing to lose in obeying God and everything to lose by disobeying. In our lives, we have to have that intimacy with Christ. We have to know his marching orders. We have to move. We move even not knowing what that first step is because we trust. We trust in him in everything that we do. We're still learning. It's an ongoing thing. We want to be open enough to hear that voice and to have that intimacy, the love. See, when we have it this way, then we can have it this way. This comes first. Exodus 23:22. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. 
Psalms 32, 7, 8. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall sound, surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you by my eye. Intimacy, love, hearing God's voice, and stop with this thinking, thinking. Don't talk yourself out of God's promise. Don't turn your back on what he has for you. Obey is better than sacrifice. We see it because we live it. When you go out into the bush, we're knowing what God has for us. And in the natural, yes, I am worried about my wife, worried about the team. But you know what? I know who is with us. So I put that stinking thinking aside and obey. Amen? Thank you, church. And please continue to pray for Javin. I know he's going to be a blessing to you all in April. Does anybody want prayer? Prayer to get rid of the stinking thinking, to obey God. Would love to pray for you, Donna and I, and Pastor Jen, Jenna. So if anybody wants to have prayer, please come up. Don't be shameful. Don't be bashful. If you hear that voice calling you or saying in your head, come up. Don't hold back. Come up. Because God's going to do something. And believe he will. Trusting he will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you know the hearts of everybody here. Father, you know you want to have that relationship with all of us. And Father, we know that it doesn't just stop here. As we walk out these doors, the mission field begins. Miracles just don't happen in Africa, but they happen here also. The whole world needs to know who Jesus is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence right now, that by your Spirit. Lord, that every one of us would live the surrendered life, the intimate life with you. I ask you, Father, to touch and minister to every person here right now. even reaching all the way back into our children's church, Lord, that by your Spirit right now,
we invite you say this to the Lord say I yield myself to you have your way with me I am yours I am not my own open my ear to hear you now who's bold enough to say and I'll obey Lord, we worship you. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for giving us a life within and that you speak to us in our ear, that you guide us with your eye. Thank you that you prompt us in the right time, at the right place. I bless you for it. right now the Lord is tuning up (laughs) some of your hearts like an engine gets tuned in dialed in there's some tuning going on in your heart right now just allow the Lord to make make the adjustments that need, need made on the inside of you and to some of you 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 know adjustments that you need to make And the Lord is prompting you to make those agreements, those adjustments. And and I encourage you, don't delay. Make the agreement with Him right now that, yes, I'm changing that, Lord. supernatural life is the obedient life the Red Sea wouldn't have split if Moses wouldn't have obeyed and put his that staff out and you may think well I'm a nobody I'm not Moses I'm not a Mirabella who lives in Africa But you know, there's people's lives that depend upon you, people's future, people's eternity that depend upon you being obedient to the Lord and hearing Him and making that step, making that adjustment. by a raise of hands and I want you to look around who would who would raise their hand and say that you know tonight I feel like the Lord did something supernatural in me or is doing something who who would raise their hand and say that okay look around see see people with their hands up The Lord had told me that He was going to do that tonight. 
So as you go from here, don't go thinking everything's like normal. Something's changed. Something shifted with me. He, he impacted me tonight. He, he touched me tonight. And I'm going to be different. I'm going to walk with my ear listening for him.
acceleration taking place in the spirit realm. There's an acceleration. Hallelujah. You can grab that apostle because it's going to manifest in your life. As you go, there's going to be an acceleration. Acceleration, pastor. There's an acceleration that's going to take place as you go. As you acceleration. Thank you for coming. I didn't know Javin was your son until Thursday at the home group. But the Lord told me as Javin is recovering, he's receiving downloads from the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he's receiving fresh revelation. Watch this. As he's receiving fresh revelation, the Lord said that his desire for you is that you see what is taking place in the kingdom. Not only in the kingdom, thank you, Holy Ghost, but in your circumstances. This makes a lot of sense to you. There's, there's exact some things that you know exactly what it is that's taking place in your circumstances. Watch this. God said when the enemy comes in one way, he's going to flee seven directions. Uh, and when you go, you're going to be seven steps ahead of the devil. Seven steps ahead of him. Uh, you not only came here to give, but to receive. God is going to multiply your finances seven times. Sevenfold. Your finances are going to increase. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Ah, Robo Shatam. This is going to overflow because this is your season for financial breakthrough. Ha, Robo Shandalabahata. Ha, Roshakababasata. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Uh, come up here, Kyle. Hurry up, come up here. Roshabamamasatam. Ah, Roshatam. While you was at the home group on Thursday, but you said something tonight. You said something about the Red Sea, the party. I had lunch with this young man on yesterday. We was talking casually. He said to me, he said, brother, uh, while we was at the home group on Thursday, he said, the Lord showed me as we were praying for you. He said, the Lord showed me that, uh, that he was parting the Red Sea for him, for the pastor. And that as he was parting the Red Sea, that he was walking through in victory, leading people. Ah, Robo Shatta. 
this young, this young man right here, young in the Lord, God gave him revelation. He said, but I didn't know how to explain it. Uh, well, uh, I'm just saying that now. Oh, Robo Shata. God is accelerating. He's accelerating. Uh, thank you, Holy Ghost. about for two months for two months about two months now I've been under physical attack I hadn't shared this with anybody my wife knew and last night it got so bad my wife said you need to go to the doctor I didn't answer her. I didn't give an answer. I laid down. The attack was so heavy for over two months. It was like somebody drugged me. But I kept pressing through it. I had pain in my eyes. Unusual headaches. Have a tube in my eye that I have over 10 years. It seemed like the tube was moving around. It was a challenge for me to study. It was a challenge for me to stay awake. And when I went to sleep last night, Revelation to his people. I don't live here. I don't live here. I don't live here. 
I got a home in glory. I got a home in glory. Don't get comfortable here. Detach yourself from this world. Many of you need rest, not physical rest, but rest unto your souls. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. God wants to give you rest unto your souls. thunder yeah but when you're high in the Holy Ghost it doesn't matter anyhow when you just pour that water on it all the water is there but it doesn't have the effect that that slow soak does when it reaches down to the deep all the way to the roots of the bottom of that plant and tonight that's what's been happening in you 
you've, you, there's that soak that happened all the way down to your foundations. Hallelujah. You can be seated. As you know, we take a missions offering once a month. It's the last weekend of every month. And we always ask you to designate where you want it to go. If you do not put a designation on any particular place, it goes into our general mission fund and then dispersed from there. And um, tonight, but I want, what I want to remind you about is in this missions offering is also your opportunity to give to Stephen and Donna. What I would ask you to do is write down either Mirabella Africa, Mirabella Senior, or draw a picture of a bald guy. <laughs> Something to let us know where it goes to them because if you write just Mirabella, uh, because we had covenanted first with Stephen and Jana, his son, um, that's where it will go if you write just Mirabella on it. So if you want it to go to them, make sure that you put Senior or Africa and we'll know that um, where it belongs to. All right, are you, if you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand and uh, our ushers will bring you an envelope. If you're filling out the credit card information, make sure you fill all the information in. Next weekend, uh, Karen will be ministering, so keep her in your prayers as she prepares a sermon. Also, while you're finishing on your preparations with the offerings, um, I want to remind you, I was having a conversation with Alan earlier today, and he wasn't feeling well is why he's not. In fact, some of the slides and pictures you saw up there, he was, he was there with them in those pictures. And um, so he, he's been there several times with them, and if you want to hear more uh, stories after they're gone, just ask Alan. He'll be happy to fill you in with that. Um, so anyway, we were talking about not feeling well and having symptoms in your body. And so I'll just remind all of you that if you have symptoms of sickness, I, I would ask that you not come spread that to everyone else. If you would like to be prayed for, get a hold of us. We will come to you and we will pray for you and anoint you. And um, even though I know that you're people of faith and you say, well, I believe in God that I'm free of sickness, so I'm just going to go as an act of faith. Well, don't cause other people to have to walk in your faith. That's great that you have that faith, so, so stay at home then and be healed. But don't force other people to have to walk in your faith. And if you would like us to come, call me or call Karen, and we will come, and, um, and you will be prayed for, and you will be raised up and healed and whole. That's what the Word says. All right, are you ready with the offering? Grab a hold of it and let's pray over it. Father, we thank you that your word is eternal and in your word is life and life everlasting. And we release our faith on your covenant promises that as we sow, it will be returned again, but multiplied. That you give us seed to sow. Thank you for giving us this covenant seed to sow. Thank you that you are our provider and our source in all things. And Lord, we're asking you for bigger vision. We're asking you for more resources to do more in the kingdom in this year of 2024. And we thank you for it. We call this money blessed and prosperous in all the places that it goes. In Jesus' name, and amen. All right, the ushers can, <clears throat> excuse me, the ushers can pass the baskets. All right, well, thank you for coming and worshiping with us tonight. 
Don't forget to love on each other as you go because one way that we love God is how. Tell me. All right. Be the love of God in the earth. Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for coming to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're blessed to have you. Hallelujah. We are so blessed, aren't we? I'd like to encourage you in the Word of God for our, pray, our worship time together. And this is going to be from 2 Chronicles. And we know the story of Jehoshaphat, the king where a great big uh, ambush of the enemy came against him. And this is what he did. He sought the Lord. He postured himself to seek God. Then he said, we, we can't win this, um, but our eyes are on you. So that's humility, that posture of humility before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, you don't need to fight this battle. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. At that moment, Jehoshaphat, again, bowed his face in what? Worship to the Lord. Then the whole congregation stood up and they started singing praises. And it says, loud and high. Let's not dismiss that. Let's not dismiss those words, loud and high. And when he had consulted, he said that these people should sing to the Lord. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness? As they went out before the army, they were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord. The Lord. The Lord. He sent ambush, uh, a big ambush against the enemy, and they, they were defeated. We saw last week Paul and Silas. He sent an earthquake and loosed all their bounds. Praise, prayer, worship. It is a mighty weapon against the enemy, and it creates the atmosphere of God to move on your behalf. So tonight, we have the opportunity together as family to do this very thing. So let's stand up together with loud and high voices, and let's worship and praise the God who deserves it all.
Father, thank you so much for the open door of heaven tonight, the very presence of the Holy Spirit in this place, that door opening for miracles, signs, and wonders. Father, we position ourselves before you in worship and praise. We honor and celebrate your son, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. We have gathered here tonight to worship you to praise you with loud and high voices for you are worthy of our praise and we honor your spirit tonight we say have your way holy spirit not only in our hearts but collectively tonight as a family father as we stand postured in worshiping you this evening father have your way we love you we love you with all our heart you are a good and faithful father You've always been good and faithful, and we honor you tonight. So receive our praise, receive our worship as a sweet-smelling aroma in your throne room tonight. Don't look any further than us tonight, Father. Look, look at the hearts of your children that love you, that worship you, that praise you, and have your way in this place tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we just thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Let's lift our hands together, family, and let's just say, Holy Spirit, fill me up tonight. Fill me to overflowing tonight, a fresh infilling of your spirit tonight, Lord. Father, we just thank you as we're good receivers. We ask and we receive, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody, amen. Amen. Glory to God. That means so be it. So one way we love God in this family is by loving one another. Turn and hug on somebody. Tell them you're glad you're here tonight. And the children may be released to their classes. And we bless the teachers in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be here with you all tonight. We would like to welcome you to Church of the Word International if you're here for the very first time. Anyone here for the first time? Raise your hand. We'd like to give you a hand clap. We're not gonna, over here we have one. Let's give her a hand clap. Thank you for coming. I'm sure you're gonna be ministered to tonight. So we have an information card. If you want to fill that out, you can put that in the basket and um, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Who needs an envelope for your cash giving? You can raise your hand and our ushers will bring you one. If you're giving by credit card, please fill out all of the blanks. Or if you'd prefer to give by check, you can make it out to CWI. And we are going to obey the word and honor the Lord with our stuff. You know, Proverbs tells us, how many know Proverbs 3 tells us to honor the Lord with your wealth, with your valuables. You know, whether that's a lot of stuff or a lot of wealth or a lot of valuables, doesn't matter. Honor the Lord with what you have, with your resources. And it says, with the first fruits of all your income, first fruits of all your increase. But, you know, that's, our income looks different than crops today. So, or it may, if you're a Zimmerman, it may be crops. <laughs> but honor the Lord with the first portion. Turn to Joshua. Chapter 6, giving the first portion honors the Lord. And you know, honor is something that starts in the heart, but it doesn't stay there. 
Because whatever's in the heart is going to come out. There is an outward demonstration. So, you know, you might say, well, you know, the Lord just cares about my heart. He really doesn't care about my money. He cares about your heart. And what's in there is coming out. And the Word says one way we demonstrate honor is with our stuff, with our resources. So while you go to Joshua, I'm going to read out of Joshua chapter 6. But let me read you this out of Leviticus chapter 27. I'm going to read verses 28 through 30. It says, but nothing, and the reason I'm reading this is to give context for what I'm going to read in Joshua. It says, verse 28 of Leviticus chapter 27, but nothing that a person owns and devotes to the Lord, whether a human being or an animal or family land may be sold or redeemed, everything so devoted is most holy to the Lord. No person devoted to destruction may be ransomed. They are to be put to death. It says, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So what it's saying is that if you say, look, this is set apart for the Lord, that's holy to him. There's a holy portion. And in Joshua chapter 6, so the context here is this is now the generation of Israelites that are going to go in and possess Canaan's land. Okay, they have supernaturally crossed Jordan. The Lord parted the waters of Jordan. They've crossed over. The Lord has said, I've given you this land. They still had giants to fight. They still had battles to win. The Lord says, but I've given this to you. But now look here. It says in um, Joshua 6, verse 17. So they're here at Jericho. They've marched around. This is day seven. They've, they've done six days of marching around once. Now, this is day seven. And Joshua says, the city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house should be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So this first portion was set apart. See, this is honoring the Lord. Right out of the gate, they come into Canaan's land. That first city was going to be for the Lord. And so they did that. It says, um, verse 24, they burned the whole city, everything in it. They put the gold, the silver, and all the articles into the Lord's treasury. But how many know this story? We're just going to shorten this up a little bit. How many know somebody didn't trust the Lord and saw something that, wow, that was really, mm, his, it pulled on his heart and he wanted that, and he didn't put his trust in the Lord to prosper him. You know, the Lord wants to prosper you. He just wants you to know that he's first. He wants you to understand he's number one and that you're completely reliant on him. And so Achan didn't do that. He didn't put his trust in the Lord. He, it, it really it demonstrated dishonor when he did that. And so we know the story, how it was found out. The Lord said, I'm not with you. You know, it, you're not going to have success against your enemies. They tried to go up against Ai. They're like, hey, we want this. Let's send up only part of our army. And they whooped them. AI whooped them. Killed 36 of their guys. And the Lord wasn't with them. Why? Because they didn't, there was dishonor in not setting apart that first portion. 
And so just like, just like for the children of Israel, you know, the Lord desires honor from us. And it takes trust. He wants us to understand that he's our strength. He's our victory. He is who we are completely reliant upon, right? He's our provider. He's our sustainer. Everything we have comes from him. And so that first portion, whether it be a first fruit, the tithe, he's first. He's number one. And he's not opposed to your prosperity. He just wants to be number one. So we're going to return the tithe, or if you brought a first fruit or an offering, and we're going to return it to him, give it to him, understanding we're reliant on him. And we're looking to him for everything. He's our strength. All right, let's take a hold of that and let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for all the resources you put in our hand. Lord, we want to honor you. We want to honor you with our things, with the things that you've, that you've blessed us with and provided for us. And Lord, we just, we acknowledge you as our provider. We acknowledge you as our source. And we're completely dependent on you. And so we thank you for being our strength. We thank you for giving us the victory. And Lord, we purpose in our hearts to obey you and to follow you and to please you in all that we do. And so I just, I pray a blessing on these ties. I ask you to prosper the people according to your word in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. All right, if you have a bulletin, you can pull that out, and we have a few things to point out. Youth and young adults are here at the church to, uh, tomorrow at 6 p.m. If you are not already aware of this fact, the Richmond services are now every week at 1 p.m., and the address is changed as well, so it's here in the bulletin if you have an interest of coming to Richmond on a Sunday, every Sunday at 1 p.m., who can tell me who's coming April 9th, 10th, and the 13th? Who's going to be here in April? Just shout it out. Javin Mirabella. By the way, can we give a hand clap to his parents, Stephen and Donna? They're with us here tonight. We're so thankful for the Mirabella family, and we're excited to meet Javin. We've met Stephen, and so... Mark your calendars. That's coming up sooner than you think in April. March 1st, the youth and young adults can mark their calendar. There's going to be a fun gym night. It's going to be pizza. There's going to be whatever you do in a gym, maybe volleyball. That'd be great. I'd be excited if I was a youth. Maybe, maybe I still can be. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's coming up March 1st. You can mark your calendars for that. And, and also... On the youth note, in the back, um, there are the partnership cards. Um, our youth pastors talked about this last week, how the youth are preparing to go on a missions trip in Gu to Guatemala coming up the end of the year. And we have partnership cards. If you would like to help support that, even for just a time, um, we're raising funds for that. And so check out the back lobby table and look for that. Youth and young adult gatherings are also coming up. I know that um, you guys have heard about this. Some of you have participated, and we are so appreciative of that. It's always been a fun time, and it's a highlight, I know, for my youth 
to go to these gatherings, but we have a few open dates where we need somebody willing to host. April 14th, May 26th, and July 21st. So if any of those jive with your calendar, please see Alicia, and she'll plug you in, put you on the schedule. All right, Pastor, you're gonna come share, I guess, about foundations class and a few other things, so. Good evening. Isn't it good to be together with family, with believers, like-minded believers, people that understand the power of God is real, is tangible, is Jesus is alive today. I think there was a book written like that recently. Amen. I keep hearing good reports about people reading that book all the time. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's wonderful. All right, so for if you're new here and you're calling this church home, we have uh, here in several weeks, we're going to begin something that we call Foundations Class. And what that is, is it runs for nine weeks. It's prior to the services, and it covers the foundational beliefs that we have here at Church of the Word. And um, so I would strongly encourage you, if you consider this to be your home church, if you've never gone through it, uh, to take the opportunity, sign up at the table in the back or in the lobby, and um, then we'll get dates arranged and, and so forth as we go forward. As you know, we do not have a formal membership here. Um, we, there's no dotted line that you sign in that way. The way we know if you're a member here is one is your, your backside's in the chair. All right? If you're here, all right? Are you present? And uh, secondly, do you tithe here? Right? Is this the house that you belong to? And third is, do you serve here? Because if this is your home, right? In a home, everyone has chores. Everyone takes part of the, the housework, unless you're a little baby or you're sick or elderly, right? So everybody else has jobs, and um, so if you consider that to be you, those are ways you know that this is your church, by the way. Also, there's another way. I didn't even cover this. But if you come here and the Word of God just hits like a nail on the head, like, man, that so covers my life. Oh, man, they read my mail this week. Well, guess what? Your mail gets delivered to your house, not the neighbor's house. All right? So those are cues to know, hey, I'm in the right place. So I say all of that to say... That, you know, um, was it last year, maybe the year before, we did in our home groups, we had foundations class, and so most everyone had gone through it. But now we've had new people join us, and so if you have not gone through that yet, take the opportunity to sign up in the, uh, in the lobby. And um, so the first eight classes are, are a foundational uh, teachings, and then class number nine we sit and uh, have a conversation with the pastor. All right, we're going to take the missions offering after the sermon, and in that offering, we're going to include the special offering for Stephen and Donna. And so at that time, I'll give you directions on how to, uh, to, how to proceed with that. Also, next uh, tomorrow, I guess, I'll be leaving, and I'm taking Pastor Kurt Owen with me, and we're ministering at multiple churches and um, so I would covet your prayers while we're there, uh, in particular that the Lord would open up hearts, minds, eyes to see and to hear and receive revelation concerning the love of God. 
Many people that come out of Islamic culture do not understand the love of God and, and because they've been taught something different. And so we're going in and teaching, knowing, and believing the love of God. You know, many of us know about it, but do we believe it? So let's pray in particular for revelation in that regard to those who would hear. And um, we're going to have, have an amazing time. I did hear that team, they made it back safely, so thank God for a successful trip. We've been praying for them. And um, I'm going to let, uh, in a moment, I'm going to let Stephen and Donna give us an update on Javin, and, um, because they came from him down there. And uh, I talked to him today on the phone, and the victory in his voice was very evident. Just to talk to him, you'd never know anything was wrong. He was just full of, full of victory. Hallelujah. There's another thing I need to cover. keeps coming up for me. So there's somebody, or maybe multiples of you, that this is for. When Karen was talking about the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, if you want to live a supernatural life, you have to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Right? You need power to be able to live supernaturally. And there's only one way that comes, and that is by the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you become born again and you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit's already there. But the baptism or the infilling, outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a separate... It can happen at the same time, but it's often a separate event as we read through the book of Acts where Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit multiple times. And each time he was already born again. right? And so, for you and I, I just want to encourage you with this Scripture. Jesus said that the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. So if you want that, all you have to do is ask Him, Father, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Fill me up. And Jesus said that it would happen. Now, don't mistake in the Holy Spirit with a feeling. You're not looking for a feeling. He said if you ask, you're filled. So whether you feel anything or not, just feel like a bag of bricks. Right? Either way, it doesn't matter. If you ask, He said He would fill you, so you have the faith and confidence to say, okay, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Feelings will come. Right? It's great when we have feelings and all of that, but don't base your Christianity and your Spirit-filled walk on the feeling. Instead, just have that simple faith, I've asked, so I'm full of the Holy Spirit. And then expect moments of power to show up. Right? Even when, when you know, it, in unlikely places. Let's put it that way. Amen. 